G'day. Welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I am your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. Why do I stutter there? <laughs> hey, that was amazing. So Who are you? Long... <laughs> Whoever, I'm an imposter. No, it's just We've me. Really been Dylan, doing this you're friendly. <laughs> six, yeah, months. 20... six months, yeah. Oh, no, it be six months. Um, but yeah, no, we've only been doing this for ages. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we are back with another weekly recap here. Uh, let's not dawdle because we're going to be talking about a lot of teams today. So let's just get straight into it with our news roundup. All right, so the first piece of news that we have here is Fred Van Vliet, 54 points. Dylan, I don't remember what happened this game. Do you? Uh, he hit lots of shots. Um, lots of shots. And lots of shots and missed very few shots. Um, did he finish like 11 for 14 from three something or something like crazy that, yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fred, yeah, Freddie does this. He just has random games where he won't miss, and it's just, it's just perfect. It's just art. Yeah. Yeah, I think he set the franchise record for points uh, by the Raptors, like, in a game. Yeah, um, pretty yeah DeMar cool. Rosen shouted him out. Yep, saying Kyle is a bub for not being able to do it. <laughs> 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 That's why you want to trade him. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get him out of there. Another piece of news we literally just got. Uh, the Nuggets just lost to the Kings, but Jokic dropped 50. We, let's not dwell on it, but, you know, Jokic 50 points. Wonderful. Um, yeah, 50, 12, and 8. Three blocks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. 50, 12 assists, mind you, I think. Oh, was it? Oh, well. I think it was. No, yeah. man, I, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Jokic, but yeah. All right. Um, now, in other news, in, I guess, more serious news here, uh, Kevin Durant, weird kind of situation in terms of COVID for him. So, Dylan, do you, do you want to tell us what happened here? So... In was it yesterday's game? Um, yep. Yeah, KD had tested negative for his personal COVID test. He'd cleared all COVID protocols and stuff like that, and so he was allowed to start the game. He came off the bench because it was originally a bit shaky whether or not he was going to play, but came off the bench and played the first half for the Nets. Um, but then during the third quarter, um, he was he had to be pulled because. Uh, apparently a close contact that he had come into contact with um, after he had passed his COVID tests, but before the game had tested positive. So someone that he'd been in contact with, I don't know if it was a trainer or anyone like that, but apparently they had tested positive And so he was a close contact and had to be pulled from the game despite having played a full first half. Yeah, that's very confusing. What's more confusing to me is I know he passed his COVID tests there, as in, like, he tested negative, um, that his team still travelled to Philly. Because if he's a close contact, if he's transmitting the virus, that means everyone in his team is now a very close contact. Yeah, it's incredibly strange, um, like, what's going on with this. KD seems himself very confused and very uh, displeased with what's going on. Um yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I don't think we've heard whether or not he's actually caught it from the close contact or whether or not he'll miss any games. But, um, yeah, it's just a very strange situation with how it was handled by the league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense, but, like, how they've handled it, but I would not have let the Nets travel um, if I were the league. But 
sure, I guess. Yeah, like they've yeah, got obviously, someone making the decision. Kenny, they've they've got doctors yeah, making Ken, decisions. Yeah, he was out there playing with them. So like, why then uh, is everyone else not considered a close contact if KD was? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least from what I know in Australia, because I had a friend who was who was in the same place as a, a person who wasn't close contact. He wasn't considered a close contact um, until his friend tested positive. Um, and his friend tested negative. Luckily, he was not a close contact. Because then if he tested positive, I would have been a close contact, which not would not have been fun. Um, but yeah. Um, so it's like, you're not a close contact unless the person you're in contact with actually got the virus and tested positive for it. Even if they were a close contact, even though, you know, you're pretty sure they're transmitting it in some variety, you're not a close contact unless they have it, at least in Australia. Yeah, so I'm just having a look here. Apparently, all Nets tested negative, all the coaches, players, and personnel, all the Raptors tested negative. This is of today, of 33 minutes ago. Okay. Um, and he's in a seven-day quarantine. Okay. So he'll miss a couple games. Makes sense. Um, okay, well... It's, hopefully it's all good. Hopefully we're not getting any crazy transmission there. Um, yeah. And we will talk about the All-Star game very shortly, but that's that's a whole other story. Um, yeah. Now, other other injury news. Are, are we going to say... I'm, I'm going to say COVID's an injury. It's injury illness. Um, so in other yeah. injury news, um, Aaron Gordon suffers a severe left ankle sprain. I believe he's out six weeks, if that's correct. Uh, that sounds about right for the type of injury. Yeah. Pretty unfortunate, um, you know. Um, I don't know if the Magic were having a particularly good season. They were just having a Magic-like season. But losing Aaron Gordon doesn't help. Um, probably hurts his trade value a little bit as well because he's suffered. He's, he's struggled with injuries a bit in the past as well. Yeah, not not nice to see uh, for them. No, uh, missing, <clears throat> missing one of their you know important players, obviously. The Magic aren't having a fantastic season right now. I think they're towards the bottom of the East. Um, they're having so a magic season. <laughs> they are having a very magic season. Uh, right now they're eleventh, nine and fourteen. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it sucks for the magic pretty much. Um, hopefully he comes back alright. Yeah, I mean, it it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything for the playoff picture. Just hopefully this doesn't really affect him. Any any leg injuries and ankle injuries scare me for like super athletic big guys like Aaron Gordon. Um. But hopefully, it's it's just a sprain. So hopefully, he'll make a full recovery from that. Yeah. I don't know. He's kind of... He's having a bit of a bum season anyway, Gordon. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> he's only averaging 13.8 a game, which is his yeah. lowest in like four years. So It's just... I mean, it's perfectly in line with what he's done. Because like his rebounds are at like eight. His assists are a little bit better at four. But yeah, it's pretty... Pretty similar. Yeah. And uh, Christian Wood also is week to week with an ankle sprain as well. He got carried off the floor. People thought it was pretty bad, but um, apparently he's only week to week, so it's that's that's better for him and yep. for the Rockets, obviously. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, see him back soon. Um, especially because you know he's looking like he could be challenging for maybe an All Star position sort of thing. Missing a lot of games won't help that. Um, and that's just a little bit of a teaser for a stat stuff for study coming the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, speaking of All-Star, we got our first returns for the All-Star game. Let me just pull those up, actually. Sorry. Um, but yeah, we got... I'm I'm a little bit surprised by some of the voting, uh, but we... I Sorry, I'll just pull it up really quickly. Um, 
yeah. So in the West, our top three uh, front court vote getters were LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard, which not that surprising. I mean, I I am a little bit shocked that Jokic ended up getting in there. Um, I don't know about you. Um, over Kawhi, well, I guess Kawhi is not the most popular player in the league. I don't know. Jokic is sort of, I don't know. I feel like he's become more popular every year. Plus, he's got the international vote. You know, all of Serbia's behind him. I'd imagine. Um, still seeing him up that high is is interesting, though, for sure. True. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting to see him like fourth, fifth. I still expect him to be a starter. Um, just like getting in based on the player and the media votes, especially. Um, but yeah, no, seeing him second in fan votes is very, very surprising considering, you know, even though he had great seasons the last couple of years, he wasn't anywhere near starting really. Um, but yeah, I mean, above guys like Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis especially is very surprising just cause you know, he's a Laker. Um, I, I always expect Lakers to get kind of an inflated level of votes. Um, yeah, but you know, he's so far behind LeBron. So the best he could finish is second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah LeBron um, two point two million votes. Jokic one point five million. Yeah, there's some other interesting ones in this West Front Court too. Melo's tenth with hundred like seventy, hundred eighty thousand. I like that too. Um, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is seventh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where does this come from? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean Christian Woods eighth uh, above Brandon Ingram. Zion's only sixth. That kind of surprised me. I feel like. Off pure fan vote, he would have been way higher, but apparently not. I think his to me his ceiling would have been fifth. Um, honestly, I I don't see him being above LeBron, Kawhi, AD. I mean, maybe above Jokic actually in terms of popularity, but apparently not. Yeah, but um, yeah, I feel like the three best players are in the right spots. Um, yeah. these are these are the three I picked for my All Star. Starting yeah, back uh, I had LeBron, Jokic, and Paul George. But yeah, no, I said I'm perfectly happy with Kawhi getting the spot. Um, in terms of West guards, obviously Steph is leading by a significant margin, and he is also challenging LeBron for captain here. He's um, 170,000 votes behind LeBron. He probably won't get first. He probably won't get captain of the Western Conference, but he could be close. Um, and then Luka is obviously second. Pretty far in front of Damian Lillard, about 400,000 votes in front of Damian Lillard in third, so it's probably going to be Steph Luka, and that was both of our picks as well. Yeah, I do see a world where Lillard catches up a bit, but um, yeah, Luka's got a massive international uh, support behind him, plus, you know, he's very popular right now in the States anyway, so. Yeah, none of these other ones really surprised me that much. I mean, Jabba Rage is high at four. Um I, I would have expected well, some mean, of these other guys like Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker to be above him, but sure. Yeah, I mean, we also got to talk about Clay. Yeah, he's tenth, <laughs> tenth, not there. playing a game, obviously not after the season, game. but um, he's only like, he two hundred votes behind Shea. No, but um, shout out Clay, always, <laughs> always up there, <laughs> always there. Yeah, um, yeah. None of the other Western guards surprised me all that much. Um, in terms of the East, again. Pretty pretty much as expected. Kevin Durant is the leading vote getter. That's who you said would be. I was thinking Giannis might be challenging him, but no, he's six hundred thousand votes behind KD. So and no one's even close to challenging KD. So KD will be team captain for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Giannis in second, Joel Embiid in third. That makes that's perfect. I have absolutely no complaints about that. Yeah, for sure. That's 
It's pretty much the way it should be. KD is also the leading vote getter overall between both conferences right now. He'd be he'd have the first pick. I'm pretty sure. Oh, true. Um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's actually right now he's twenty. No, he's about 000. twenty thousand. Yeah. 20, oh no, fourteen thousand. Of... Only fourteen thousand. Oh, so it's very close, but yeah, yeah right now he's ahead of LeBron. Um, but yeah, in terms of the East, yeah, I think this is perfect. It's it's kind of a massive drop off after Embiid, so I'd imagine this is how it's going to stick out for the rest of the voting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Embiid almost has double uh, what fourth place Jason Tatum has. Um, and then, yeah, Jimmy Butler, Bam. Uh, Sabonis. See, Demarcus Sabonis is kind of low here, but that's kind of what I was expecting with Jokic. Um, but maybe Demarcus Sabonis is kind of on his way up in that same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, also, Ju- Julius Randle, eighth. Love that. Love that. Love that. <laughs> uh, and then Gordon Hayward and Jeremy Grant, nine ten. Seeing Jeremy Grant there is actually a little bit surprising. I didn't think people really knew Jeremy Grant all that much, like the casual fan, but 130,000 votes is not all that much. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm also surprised he's there at 10th. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot of guys after who's above them that maybe gets more votes off the top of my head anyway. Yeah, no, not to me either. Um, and in terms of East Guards, I'm very happy to see this. Bradley Beal is the leading vote-getter so far, um, with Kyrie Irving uh, about 180,000 behind him, and then 80,000 behind him, James Harden. So, like, those three very much could change. That We don't know for sure, but it will be two of those three. Uh, Jalen Brown, unfortunately, less than 600,000 votes. You know, almost just, like, half of what Kyrie Irving has, essentially. So, yeah, um, he probably won't get in, which is a bit of a shame. But, yeah, Bradley Bill Curry over James Harden as the top three also makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, they all sort of round out perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I am disappointed to see Jalen Brown not getting more love from the fans. I still have hope that he can keep it close enough that the coaches and players maybe get him into the starting lineup. But it uh, seems like Bradley Beal might even be a lock for starting right now. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then, yeah, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Goldsick to Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons round out the top 10. Nothing surprising there. Again, Derrick Rose is a little bit weird, but, like, he's got a very strong cult for following. Oh, for sure. Everyone loves D-Rose. He get, yeah. he, he's always in this sort of position every single year. Yeah. Ben Simmons at 10, little bit low, but he's also having a down season, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen people sort of clowning him that he's he peaked in his rookie season, which isn't, which isn't <laughs> true, but... Um, yeah, he's definitely having down scoring wise, especially. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, <laughs> what what this all leads to is the fact that the league is very much considering an all star game. In fact, I believe a date was agreed on and a place, but I wouldn't say it's set in stone just because we've seen a lot of players dissenting. We saw LeBron dissent, and that's the most important one. But we also saw Yard. We also saw Giannis say he doesn't want to be uh, part of the all star festivities. Um, we saw a couple of guys who probably won't make the game in Kemba Walker and Kamala Anthony also say they don't like it, but you know, neither of them were like, Oh, well, we're gonna be in the game, we don't want to be in the game. You know, they were just like Yeah, De- damn it sucks for Jared the people Fox. who are. Yeah. Uh Joe yeah, Harris as well. Jared Fox also Yeah. Jared Fox straight up just called it stupid. Um, which is I kind of agree. Um last year uh last episode, I mean, um I was sort of in between, but I think yeah, I think listening to the players that, you know, they're not really keen on it, even the ones that aren't going. Um, I, I tend to agree now that's a bit silly having an all-star game, bringing all these guys from different um, cities 
together and then sending them back when, especially with the KD situation, when yeah. something can so quickly, you know, all these players can pass their COVID test and then it can take one, one personnel member to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time, catch it and bring it to everyone else at the game. So and then I think it is a teams have lost their stars. Um, and yeah. imagine the call I think it's a... for two weeks after that. Yeah. I think it's just a needless risk, really. Yeah. And also, yeah. I, it's the principle of it. I think that's what, what the other players really talk about. It's they were told there's not going to be an All-Star game. Well, okay, cool. During the All-Star break, we now get to spend time with our families. We now get to go home. Because a lot of players don't see their families that much throughout the season. Um, mm. But yeah, they've they essentially, they a lot of them would feel like they were lied to, which they kind of were. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I think a lot of, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, a lot of players were looking forward to not having, um, an all-star game this season. Yeah. I'm sure some players like the all-star game, but I, I think what Yana said was he likes the all-star game when there are fans there. There won't be fans here. Yeah. I, I'm surprised <clears throat> how like it's sort of, it seems like it's been passed that we're having an all-star game, but we've had so many <clears throat> like major players, come out and speak out against it. Like, surely they're the first to be consulted about whether or not this goes ahead. See, like, an agreement was made between the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association, but also Chris Paul said he was against it, and he's the president of the Players Association. So I don't know who made these decisions. Yeah, like, who actually agreed for this? It is very confusing at the moment. Um, Ultimately, I I might even say that we don't actually end up having an all-star game. I don't think we do. I really if players keep coming out like this, um, then it seems very unlikely that we have that. Because, like, it's what stops LeBron and Giannis from just being like, okay, I don't want to play. Kevin Durant would probably also be like, I don't really want to play. James Harden, I don't want to play. What kind of all-star game do you have then? Yeah, well, that's what Giannis said. He's, he pointed towards LeBron and he said, well, if the big dog doesn't want to do it, then we don't really want to do it, you know? Like, yeah, we sort of all follow his lead and, like, yeah, I, ca- yeah, I can't... if. This keeps happening. I don't think it goes ahead. Just for the, like, yeah, who are you going to put out there at the, at the end of the day? If yep. all these players decide not to not to show up, um, you've got you've got no no one to play in the game. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, also game four now is confirmed, but I would not. You know, I would take that with a very large grain of salt. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, a, a bit of injury news that we didn't talk about before is uh, Matthew Delavadova uh, has had some concussion complications and is potentially facing retirement, which is incredibly depressing because I did not know a concussion could be that serious. Yeah, well, this isn't his first concussion, uh, first of all. He's had lots of concussions over his career. Um, That's just sort of the style of basketball that he plays. He puts his body on the line and more often than not, it ends up in things like this. Um, Apparently... This time around, he suffered this concussion in the preseason, and yeah. I didn't realize that he hadn't been back since. Apparently, he's even struggling to participate in workouts for yeah. long periods of time, uh, suffering from migraines and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, recently came out that someone reported that apparently uh, retirement is very much on the table, if not inevitable for Delhi. Delhi did come out and say that uh, you know, retirement isn't the plan, not on his mind right now he's focusing on getting back but um i don't know if if it continues to be this you know this troublesome for him to participate in even you know workouts and stuff like that let alone a game you know if he can't get back on the court then unfortunately 
that just means retirement for her. Yeah, it has to. Um, which is so sad, just because like I mean, obviously Australian legend, and we're gonna make it. We're gonna uh, talk about our all star uh, our rosters for the Australian national team for the uh, upcoming Olympics. But yeah, if 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 Delhi is out, that really hurts from an Australian perspective. But that's also just like scary because. This is a permanent. It, this this seems like it's going to be a lifetime thing for him. Like the rest of his life will be affected by this uh, injuries that he got to the basketball court. I know a lot of NBA players do kind of have things like that. Like a lot of guys struggle to like properly walk as they get older, just because they've put their they've damaged their body to that degree. But yeah, this is like this is a very different type of injury where if it affects his ability to just do daily things, I don't know exactly what it's affecting. Maybe just his ability to like focus there's a maybe there's a lot of pain i don't know exactly but if it affects his day-to-day life that's really bad yeah um, and obviously the nfl has sort of um had a lot to do with concussions in recent years them sort of denying it and then having to spend more you know having to having to come to the realization that concussions are a very dangerous thing um for for players and you know, in the NFL, obviously they're having hits every single play um, and things like CTE um, come on where, yeah, anything with the brain is, is, you know, dangerous. Wait, what's CTE? Um, uh, it's just, it's, well, you put me on the spot here. Um, it's, it's a condition that comes on after repeated head injuries. Um, and it's just, it sort of degrades the brain. I'm pretty sure okay. it's just right. uh, difficulty thinking, depression, uh, a lot of suicides have come from players with CTE. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think Delhi. You know, obviously he's not suffering the same concussions that NFL players are. No. Um, just not playing the same type of sport. But um, yeah, still, still nothing to play with. Obviously, with head injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So scary stuff there. Really scary stuff. Um, obviously, and very much hurts. Uh, us for. Um like the uh, the Team Australia roster for the upcoming Olympics. So do you, do you want to say anything else on Delhi or do you want to get to our picks? Um, yeah, just hope he has a speedy recovery. And obviously, I don't know, like, I don't know what hurts more the boobers if Delhi's missing, whether it's on court or literally just having Delhi, like, like be around. Like, he's been such a, a core part of the boomers for years and years now. And you want him, him to be part of that group that gets a medal. Uh, very yeah. soon. So I mean, he's the number yeah. two guy, or maybe number three guy. It depends what you thought of Bogut um, over the, the last couple of things. But yeah, Delhi's been so so important. It's really really sucks to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's let's get to our picks here. Um, you and I have largely the same rosters. Uh, let's talk about some of our obviously very obvious picks. So Paddy Mills is our starting point guard. Delhi is our starting shooting guard. Uh, Ig- Joe Ingles starting small forward. Ben Simmons starting power forward. Aaron Baines starting center. I don't think there's anyone surprised by that, um, really. Yeah, the only differentiation I've seen is if Delhi isn't available to play, pretty much. Uh, you know, whether people you know classify Mills as the shooting guard or Delhi as the sh- shooting guard, whatever. It's just sort of, there's our starting guards and our forwards. Um, I think it's pretty indisputable that this is the ideal starting five for the Boomers come Tokyo. Yeah, if, if Delhi doesn't play, who do you have replacing him off our bench? Um, mm, probably. I would take maybe Brockoff. Exum or Brockoff. I would yeah, take Brockoff. Brockoff. Yeah, 
Uh, yep, so we both have Dante Exum and we both have Ryan Brockhoff. Again, pretty obvious ones. Dante Exum hasn't really done anything with Team Australia before, but I think he's a good enough player to definitely make the roster. Ryan Brockhoff was very, very good for us um, in some of our previous... Uh, in some of Team Australia's previous endeavours, especially the 2016 Olympics. Really nice shot on the guy, and I really like him for the team. Yeah, um, long sort of shooter, sort of like a Duncan Robertson sort of type, not hitting at the same clip, but that sort of play style where he can just run around screens on the perimeter and get open shots. Um, yeah, Exum hasn't played an Olympics for us, and he hasn't played a World Cup, I don't think, but he's played lots. He's played a fair few qualifying tournaments from a from a young age. Um, one of his earlier injuries in the league might have been his ACL. I think he suffered during a qualifying tournament. So he's definitely been around the boomers, but he hasn't been around the big dogs, I don't think. Right. Okay. Uh, and we've also got Matisse. Thibel, uh, as just another NBA guy. We'll get to our NBA kind of only guys in a second here, but yeah, uh, Matisse Thibel, another pretty obvious pick, I think, there. Uh, a very a very solid player, and definitely one of the better guys on the roster, I'd say. Yeah, a great sort of uh, finagling by <clears throat> um, Team Australia to get him, to secure him for the Olympics this year. It was sort of up in the air whether or not he'd be, <clears throat> whether he'd qualify to um, play for Australia, just sort of with citizenship and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, glad we got him. He can be a very versatile defender and hopefully hit some open shots. You know, obviously the three-point line uh, in these international games is a bit closer, so hopefully that helps him out a bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, now let's get to our NBL only guys. Um, actually, sorry, uh, we also both have Thon Maker. I completely ignored him. Um, I don't think of him as much of an NBA guy, but, you know, he's been in the league for a couple of years and he's tall is the main reason I picked him, at least. He's a, he's a big guy. and We don't have a whole lot of size on the roster. Yeah, a big theme for the Boomers this year, especially without Bogut, is how we're going to make up our big play. Um, yeah, Maker, he's also played some qualifying tournaments. He was part of that very uh, interesting Filipino fight that happened a couple of years ago <laughs> when Australia and the Philippines played and throwing chairs. Thon was running in doing you know, mid-ear karate kicks and Superman punches <laughs> and stuff like that. It was pretty exciting. So we know he's going to put it on there, out there, or, or yeah. out there for the boomers. So for that reason alone, he's he's a lock, I think. Yeah, and he's, he's had a very consistent career in the NBA. He just averages four to five points, two to three rebounds uh, in the NBA. And that will translate decently well, especially with his size. Um, and he's had a good year, at least shooting the ball so far this year. He's shooting 55% for the field. Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully he can be a bit of a three-point maker. Unfortunately, he's not as physical inside as we'd probably hope from a guy that big for the for the Boomers. But yeah, still an impactful player, I think. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, NBL only, guys. We both have Chris Goldick here. Now, I don't know that much about these guys, so do you want to talk, talk us through it? I kind of made these picks based on numbers and size and things like that. But do you want to tell us, you know, what Chris Goldick is, who Chris Goldick is? Chris Golding is an absolute three-point chucker. He's a shooter and he's a maker. Um, he played for the World Cup in us. Uh, played for us in the World Cup uh, 2019. Had some moments. Um, he's yeah, he's a spot shooter, a bit of a streaky shooter internationally, um, and not much of a defender. But he can handle a little bit. He can you know make passes off a drive. So he he's a good you know third string sort of guard. Um, for the boomers, he can definitely do, be very valuable in that situation. Yeah, um, and then we both also have uh, Jock Landale, um, who is another big guy, which is the main reason I picked him. But again, do you want to talk a little bit about Jock? Yeah, Jock um, 
Jock's low-key a beast. Uh, right now he's playing for Melbourne United in the NBL. Um, he played internationally last season or last year. But um, he had some he had some NBA you know, potential uh, last season before he went international. Um, so he, he could be in the NBA. He's a big, strong Aussie lad. <laughs> Pretty much he's a... He's a battler down there. He's, I think he's six ten. He can shoot it a bit. He can board. He can defend. Um, he was really, really good for us in the World Cup in twenty nineteen. Um, really, really looking forward to having him back. Like if Simmons wasn't here, Landay will be starting for me. Okay, all right. Next and, to Bainsy. Yeah, and the one difference in our two rosters here is I have uh, Brock Modem. So again, main reason I picked him was for size. I just wanted someone who can kind of, who's a bit taller, who can maybe rebound a little bit, who can. You know, he's not the best scorer in the world, but, like, he's, he's just kind of our third-string kind of big guy, I think. Um, and just, he, he seems like a bit of a vet. So, yeah, I have, I have no issue with him uh, getting that final spot. But you seem to uh, differ a little bit. Yeah, I've gone for Nick Kay here. Um, he also played for the World Cup uh, 2019 for us. Hey, and he really actually, he stepped up big um, later in the in the tournament. Um he was hitting threes at a high clip. He was making good passes. He was hitting big shots inside. Um, you know, he's not he's not an, a verse, like a super versatile offensive guy. You can't give him the ball and get out of the way, but he's in the right spots. He can hit open shots. He, you know, once in a while, if you throw it to him in the post, he can give you something. Um, and he, he just knows what's going on. And plus this consistency with a lot of the rest of the, um, the Boomer squad um, is, is really important, I think. Uh, Going into the uh, into the Olympics, yeah, just having this consistency. There's a lot of different choices I think we could have made um, with this squad that I've gone with. At least we could have gone a lot with the younger guys, like sort of um, Josh Giddy, who's in the NBL right now. Josh Green uh, playing for the Mavericks, obviously. Uh, Isaac Humphreys, who's another big who could potentially replace K. Uh, sort of does a lot of the same things, but just a bit younger. Um, there's definitely some young guys that could have taken spots here, but I think focusing on consistency for this boomers and chemistry and having been there, done that with a lot of these guys is really important for, for meddling, which is the only goal at the Olympics. There is Absolutely. no, there is no backup plan for the boomers. Yeah. Um, now if Delhi is out, who do you have as your extra guy? I, I have no idea. I would probably just say K, um, uh, just cause that's who you've picked, but yeah, um, in terms of replacing guard play, uh, I'd be interested in, I'd be interested in bringing Gideon, um, just sort of getting him reps with uh, the big guys. Um, at this point, yeah, so I've I've gone with consistency, but at this point, I think, you know, if we have any sort of replacements uh, needed, I think bringing in some of the younger guys just to get them reps um, with the main stars and get them used to big you know, international competition is important. Plus, it'll probably result in shortening the roster a little bit, uh, not the roster, the rotation a little bit, um, playing fewer guys. I don't think we'll see Giddy play a lot of big minutes if he does make the team, but um, <clears throat> still important to have him around that culture and around big international tournaments. Okay. All right. Well, those are our uh, Boomer rosters here. Let us know what yours are um, in the comments or whatever. Let us know somehow. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, our final piece of news here before we get to some of the teams uh, is LeBron James uh, passes Wilt Chamberlain all time on for all time field goals. Wait, wait, where is he on this list? He's third. He's, He's third. He moved right. up to third. When yeah. I saw Wilt Chamberlain, I'm like, 
Is he number one now? Okay. Um, yeah. So, all-time field goals is... Uh, who's above him? Uh, I think Kareem and Malone. That maybe? makes sense, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, Kareem, Dujabai, and then Carmelo are well, well, well above him. Um, like, Kareem is a good yeah. 3,000 above him, um, and Carmelo's a good... No, oh, only 900 above him, so... LeBron will obviously end up all-time leading scorer. This is just one more step, uh, one more accolade. Um, yeah, and he's also going to very shortly overtake uh, Cumberland as uh, most all-time turnovers. So he's going to end up number one all-time in a few things. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, the king moving up, that's what he does. Yeah, not a whole lot else to say there. He just, he, he takes shots and he sometimes makes them. More often than not, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. More often than not, Max. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to one big question. So, uh, we've got 12 teams left to talk about. We're going to talk about the. We're going to talk about six of them this week and six of them next week, and then we'll, you know, start cycling back through some of uh, the teams we've already spoken about again. Let's get started with the Cavs here. Dylan, what's your one big question? My one big question is, what is Sexley in the ceiling? Um, obviously, they've come out and impressed so far this season. Colt Sexton's been unreal, averaging 24 a game, hitting big shots, having massive performances. Um, and Darius Garland has also had a big step up from his rookie year, um, hitting shots, being a bit more shifty, being able to you know rack up a few more assists. Um, and you know, to start off the season before Garland went down for a bit and eventually Sexton, there was some real, you know, sex land talk. People were getting excited about this, but, um, obviously there's some, you know, inbuilt sort of, you know, so, something's a bit scary about that combination. They're two very small guards. Uh, neither of them is a traditional two. Uh, they're both sort of point guards, but you no, know, Sexton seems to be able to, um, play off the ball a bit be able to match up against twos. He's got that intensity to defensively match up against some twos. But um, I don't know, you know, what is the real ceiling of Sexland? Is this a contender in the East or in the league? Uh, I sort of doubt it um, long-term, but for right now, for where they are, I think it's a really, really impressive combination. And this team's been much more impressive than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think for who they are and like uh, where they are in the East, this is great. I Long term, I don't see it working all that well. I mean, we don't really tend to see two guards being like the main two stars on a team that often. Obviously, Stefan Clay is kind of a weird. Uh, uh, Stefan Clay's a bit of an anomaly there, but you know, do you see Colin Sexton, Darius Garland being a uh, Stefan Clay kind of situation at all? Uh, not really. Well, it's hard to picture them as being as winning as those two were. Obviously, they're very different play styles, but I don't, yeah. you know, obviously they've got a bit more size with Clay there, who's a legit, you know, 6'7", 6'8", guy. Um, I think, yeah, I think Sexton might be the tallest of the two at 6'3". Like, they're very, yeah, very undersized backcourt. Yeah. Yeah, um, so long-term, I don't so necessarily yeah, see it working. No. But, but, for, but for right now, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and they both have sky-high trade value. So if something does come their way, I think, you know, you could very much jump on an offer for a great wig or a great center or something like that. Um, 
free cat is also something able to start. Um, but we will get to that later. On. Um, yeah. So I I think I I think that's a very good question. Like, what is their ceiling here? Right now, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think. Um, what I'm kind of no. more concerned about so with this the Cavs. Season, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm more concerned about with the Cavs is how do they fix their big man situation? But do they also need to fix their big man situation? And the reason I say do they need to... So, obviously, their big man situation is they've got Andre Drummond, Jar- Jared Allen, and JaVale McGee all kind of in the center spot. Three guys who should all get minutes. I mean, debatable whether McGee should. I think he should. I think he is very much, at the very least, a backup center on almost every team in the league. Um, Yeah, but I just don't know if they necessarily need to because Jared Allen has played some of his minutes at the power forward. He's played 16% of his minutes at the power forward, presumably next to either Drummond or, oh, or um, McGee. Andre Drummond has played 6% of his minutes at the power forward, presumably next to McGee. And it hasn't really hurt them, from what I could tell. Yeah. The, I think the real question is, you have two starting caliber centers on the Cavs right now in Drummond and Allen. And, you know, is it... Is it worthwhile having to bring one off the bench and sort of minimize their potential um, play? You know, you might be playing them at power forward and it's not hurting you, but are you maximizing your team by playing two centers at the same time? You know, I feel like it's I feel like it's worthwhile moving on from one of them to help maximize your team's ceiling um, by getting another piece back. Um, but I mean, for right now, it's not hurting them. And obviously, Drummond's a free agent at the end of the season, so there is potential that they just let him walk, which is you know a bit silly, but you know there is that potential there. We've seen it before. Um, I th- I think Allen's been really really impressive while he's been on the Cavs. I think he's worthwhile ha- moving on from Drummond to make way for Allen because I feel like he fits their style a bit better. He's a bit more up and down than Drummond. Um, he's still a really good rim protector. He might not be as physically big, but I think he's still as physical. Um, and is maybe even a better rim protector than Drummond. So I feel like it's wor- worthwhile making way for Allen by moving on from Drummond. But um, yeah, no, right now it's not hurting them. So I don't think they're in any rush. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think obviously Jared Allen is the center of the future for them. But yeah, I don't think they need to rush into anything. They don't need to, they're not, they don't have to make any decisions just because they can't play those guys that way. Kevin Love obviously hasn't been playing that much. So the power forward position is kind of open. Um, with Kevin Love's injuries throughout the season and things of that nature. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's definitely moves to be made in a lot of positions for the Cavs, but I think they can stand tight for now and let, you know, let these guys develop, maybe get another good draft pick, and then, you know, trade deadline next year, or maybe this offseason if they want to kind of rush it a little bit. Then they start making these moves. Then they start figuring out what to do with Sexton, uh, do with Sexton, what they should do with their center position. Things of that nature. Yeah, the only trouble is that Drummond is a free, like he can walk after this season. So if they want to get any value for Drummond, then it has to be by the deadline. True. But um, you know, if they if they're not too worried about that, if they don't think they're going to get anything back, that's you know worthwhile having. If, if they're only going to get a second round pick back for Drummond again, um, then yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know if it's 100 percent worth it to sort of rush into anything. Yeah, I mean I. A lot of teams could talk themselves into trading for Drummond, especially if they're like giving sure. up a second rounder sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, so 
nothing crazy for the Cavs. Cavs are in a good position here. They're, they have they've kind of cooled off a little bit recently, but this has still been a successful season for the Cavs. No matter what happens, unless they just lose like almost all of their games for the rest of the season, this is still a successful season for the Cavs, which is very nice to see. Yeah, for sure, because they've seen a lot out of their young players that I think they wanted to see, so for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next team here is the Mavs, and I'll go first on this one. What is happening with Porzingis? Just, I don't yeah. I don't get it. He, all his stats are down. A lot of his advanced stats are down. Uh, like, he's got a negative box plus minus. Uh, he's got, he's putting up 0.73 win shares per 48 minutes. And for those who don't know what that means, just trust me, it's bad. Um, the average <laughs> in the league is one. Is, uh, sorry, yeah, is point. No, it's just one, sorry. Yeah, it's just one. And he's getting 0.73, meaning he's been kind of a below average player, according to a couple of these advanced metrics. There's a couple of others I didn't include. His PER is still fine. His counting stats are okay. His shooting percentages aren't great. I don't know. He's just turned from a guy who was kind of an all-star slash borderline all-star to a guy who's potentially not even a starting quality player, at least what the based on what the numbers say. Well... I mean, what's happening with him is he's coming back off his second or third major knee injury in probably as you know in nearly as many years. Um, so he's he's had so many injuries in his he's been in the league five years and uh, his injury count is through the roof. He's had an ACL, he's had elbow stuff, he's had a meniscus in the bubble. I think he had another knee injury before that. Um, yeah, like he's he's banged up, um, but. Personally, I'm not too concerned about Porzingis. Um, I mean, you talked about, yeah, obviously he's not his advanced stuff in terms of contributing to winning right now aren't fantastic, but he's still averaging 19.6 points a game. He's grabbing eight rebounds. He's still blocking one and a half shots. Um, he's shooting 54% from two point range. He's making 2.1 uh, threes a game. It's only 30, you know, he's shooting 6.4. So it's at 32%, but he's still, I think he's still contributing it enough to the point where sure he might not be, you know, the perfect duo that with Luca that we once thought, but I think he's still a very, very productive player that's working his way back from a meniscus injury and on you know a bit of a shortened season. Um, he's only played 12 games so far. I think by the end of the season, we could easily see Pozingas back up to you know, 25 a game or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't see it. I really don't. And I think part of that is because they just don't have enough creators for him. Paul Zingas is not the kind of guy who gets his own shot. He, I don't see him as much of a like post-beast. I don't see him as a guy you just give it to he's a post an, and let him go to work. He's a terrible post player. He's yeah. awful. Uh, it's just, I don't see him getting up to that, getting up to those levels again, just because you know, he was getting those good numbers in New York because he was their only option. They would just give him the ball and let him just kind of do stuff. And, you know, he wasn't particularly good at that, but he got the numbers at the very least. Um, but yeah, no, you've only got Luca creating for you and Luca still needs to create for everyone else and himself. I just think it's too much. And it's reflected in the Mavs record right now. They're 14th in the West. They're 9-14. And, and that's a big hole to climb out of very early on in the season. I know we talked about, um, I think last week, like, uh, the Heat, you think, are still going to be fine because they're in the East. In the West, though, you were saying it's a lot harder to climb out of this hole. They're three games out of the play-in. They're three and a half out of the playoffs, which, you know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but with the shortened season, 
it's something they have to make up and they're not looking any better. And I feel like that hole is only going to get bigger. The, right now, I don't see the Mavs as a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, it's evident in the way they're playing. They're getting, they're on, what, seven, were they on a six-game losing streak or something like that? Um, and now they're one and one since that or something like that. They're, yeah, they're struggling. They lost 10. Yeah, they're struggling mightily right now. Um, and it's, you know, KP isn't really helping change the tide or anything. I don't think he's necessarily the cause of the problem. I think ultimately, and that's where my question comes from, is where is the help going to come from? Because, you know, they don't really have a second guy who can get their own shot apart from Dodgich. You're right, KP isn't a guy that you throw the ball to and get out of the way. You need to run him in pick and rolls. You need to run him off stuff. Um, and I think as a third option, he could be effective as that. But right now, the way he's playing, he he can't be your second option and expect greatness, despite how good Luca is still, you know, despite the stats Luca's still putting up. Um I think some sort of move needs to be done to get them another ball, a, you know, a shot creator, a ball handler, a real offensive threat with the ball in their hands. Um, apart from apart from Doncic, should have kept JJ Barea. Should have kept JJ Barea for sure. <laughs> I mean, he's been ter- he's started off in the Spanish league now, so maybe maybe he gets his reps back in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I feel like Oladipo should be someone they look at right now. Um, apparently, you know, Houston's considering moving on from him um, while his value is still high. Uh, they obviously don't see him as a part of their long-term future. So, yeah, I, I feel like they should—they need to start looking at, you know, shot creators. Um, I think Tim Hardaway, while he can, you know, obviously he can create his own shot, he's not a superstar. He's not consistent enough. He can't be the second option on a really good playoff team that the, the Mavs need to be. I'm still surprised they're this far down. I am a like, bit too, yeah. Like, I don't think this is the... Fo- like, if I look at this roster, I don't think they're the 14th best team in the West by any means. Um, but, yeah, I, f- I think it's time to make a move because, obviously, they're struggling. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think... Look, I, I'm happy with Paul Zikas as your third option. I'm happy with Tim Hardaway as your fourth option, but you can't have both of those guys. If you want to get a move for a legit second option or just a, a good ball handler, ball creator, like, I prefer Luca at the two. I, I much rather Luca as a shooting guard than I do him as a point guard. If they could just get, like, an okay point guard, I'm okay with this roster then. And I think that's all they need. Like, who, who what kind of other point guards do they have on the roster? I don't know. Like, who's their backup? Off the yeah, I mean, Jalen... Jalen Brunson, I think, right? Um, yeah. Who's he's a fine player, but he's not, you know, he's not a needle mover just yet. Uh, I don't even know the other point guards on their team. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously they drafted Tyrell Terry, but he's 180 pounds. He's not ready to play real NBA basketball just yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if they look. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure where they look just yet. Do they look for a point guard? Because I'm not opposed to Dodgich being your point guard. I think he could do everything a point guard could do. I think maybe having a scorer next to him is potentially the move. Um, See, I like Tim Hardaway as that guy. I think Tim Hardaway can be that guy. They just need to have someone who can also help create um, like shots for other guys. Not necessarily someone that goes out and gets his own shot. Someone that will create for Tim Hardaway, that will create for Paul Zingas, and will help take some of the load off Luka. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so yeah, they've got a couple of different options of how they could fix this. I don't. Yeah, by no means do I think this Mavs team is, you know, this is the end of the line for them. Um, I think there's a couple of different moves they could make to help correct their season. Um, and I think, you know, if this keeps happening, Dodgers is. We've seen him frustrated already. I feel like he could absolutely lose it if the you know if this doesn't get fixed by halfway through the season. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't know what their schedule's like. Whether have they been, you know, difficulty of schedule, what it's sort of like. But um, yeah, I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the Mavs are definitely going to make a move at the at the trade deadline. Yeah, if not before. I mean, my mind just keeps going to like guys who have been on the Mavs before, like JJ Brown, like Rajon Rondo. What's Jason Kidd up to these days? He's not doing anything, right? <laughs> He's uh, coaching the. The Lakers, so <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. He, I think he, I think he's happy where he is. Um, I don't know. Do the do the Mavs try and free Bradley Beal? Do they just do they See, put I'd Paul Zingas in? That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do they put Paul Zingas in? Um, in a deal for Bradley Beal potentially. I mean, I could see. I it. think that I can definitely see it. I don't know if the Wizards would want any part of that, but. Yeah, I, there's a few different options they can go. I am yeah. Right now, they've obviously been disappointing, um, but I think I think they can get this back this season back. Sorry, I'm just checking uh, strength of schedule here for the Mavericks. Um, they have been they've had the sixth toughest schedule. If I'm reading that, correct. it's either the sixth toughest or the sixth easiest. I think it's <laughs> the. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how the stat works. Um, if it's the sixth easiest, they're in trouble. They're in I big think trouble. It's, I <laughs> think it's the sixth easiest. Oh, really? Oh, well, then they definitely need to kick it up. They need to turn something around. I wonder if they're in the same sort of situation that the Heat are, where they just haven't sort of... They haven't gotten their energy back yet, because that's what Lucas seems to be upset with, is that they're not really trying hard enough. But, I don't know, at some point, that's not enough either. And I don't know if that 100% fixes their problems. Yeah. Okay, I still can't figure out if this is six easiest or six hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm going to check his spin instead. Uh, something else. I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to cut this out. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see, let's see. It looks like it was six easiest. Yeah, well, that's tough then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, no, not good. Not good at all. And that is even scarier now that I look at it. Because, yeah, there's not a lot of teams that have e- that have had easier schedules. Lakers, Nuggets, um, Grizzlies have been some of them. And, yeah. Anyway, Mavs not looking great, but I think a trade should be on the horizon. And, like, they haven't been afraid to make big moves in the past. This is a franchise that, like, is willing to make big trades. Hence, like, look at the Paul Zegas thing. But yeah, something needs to happen. For sure. All right, let's get to the Rockets. Someone we just, uh, team we just spoke about a little bit with Bradley Buell. And you and I seem to have the exact same question here. Is this team like actually low-key good? I mean, we're not going to be saying anything like mind-blowing here. Just they've had a great defense. Their defense has been insanely good. Best defensive rating in the league since the James Harden trade. Yeah, they're just, I don't know. They're just good. <laughs> They've just got, like, quality players, like, up and down. Um, yeah, obviously, John Wall, he's still coming back from injury, but he's not He's not been terrible. Uh, 
Oladipo has been his usual 20-point scorer. Uh, Christian Wood is averaging like 22 a game. 22 he's, a 10, He's yeah. been a beast. Yeah, I mean, PJ Tucker's still on the team. Uh, Cousins is slowly working his way back. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just like good players on this team. And it's, you know, it's, it's sort of weird to see their defense be that good, but I'm not entirely surprised. I mean, they've got pretty we good defenders everywhere. John Wall, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously that's a big step up from Harden and Westbrook last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they might just be low-key good. Like, where are they now in the standings, actually? Uh, they uh, are... They're 10th, but they're only they're... half a game out of 5th right now. Yeah, so it's, it's very, it's very close in the there. West. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I, I, not, I just think I mean, this team plays this like... Team. This yeah. team plays with the chip on its shoulder. I mean, I don't get why Victor Oladipo is a chip on his shoulder, because he wanted to be out of Indiana. But, like, I get why the other guys, like John Moore, a lot of people doubted him coming back from injury. Demarcus Cousins, a lot of people have doubted him. Christian Wood has been, like, a really underrated guy who's kind of broken out. PJ Tucker, a lot of people kind of clowned him, saying he's not, you know, he can't play as a big man, which still debatable, but, you know. Um, yeah, uh, this team, a lot of guys just have a chip on their shoulder. They seem to play really hard. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Um, they just go out there and they grind out wins, you know, defensively, and their offense is enough to get by. Like right now, yeah, they're just sort of they're seventeenth in offense. They have the best net rating in the league right now since the Harden trade um, at twelve point two because their defense is so good. Like it's it's just quality basketball. They might they might. You know, we talked about them falling out of the playoffs. If in a hardened trade, that might have been the opposite. It might have pushed them back into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I had the Rockets missing the playoffs with Harden, um, so which they were trading him, towards anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I see this as a legit good team, and like this team could really scare some teams in the playoffs because defense with championships. And if they meet some of these teams in the playoffs, I feel like they are a really good matchup for like a Suns or a Nuggets or a Warriors. Yeah, I imagine the hilarity that would ensue if the Rockets win a championship after they trade Harden. I kind of want to see it. I want to see it. So do I. <laughs> um, the interesting. I've, what's interesting for me is, do they keep this team for the whole season, or do they move the pieces that have value uh, now and still trend towards? You know, do they go for a pick, um, a high draft yeah. pick, rather than being a playoff team? Because like I said with the Mavs, Oladipo has talked about, um, there's been talks about him being moved to the deadline. PJ Tucker, I think, has sort of come out and said he doesn't really want to be with the Rockets anymore. Um, he's looking for a trade. Um, I can't imagine John Wall gets traded again, but you know, I'm, I'm sure they'd happily move on from him uh, if they could um, for any sort of picks or anything. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. That, I'm not entirely sure this team stays together. In fact, I'm sort of leaning towards they trade their pieces. Um, but even still, for right now, this team has been very quality since the trade. Since yeah, the I mean, trade. yeah, I mean, you can't you can't talk me into saying that they're better than the Lakers, at the very least. And if they're not better than the Lakers, they're not going to get better over the next few years, I don't think. As John Wall ages, as DeMarcus Cousins ages, I think Christian Wood might, might have more in him than he's already showing. I think he could potentially take another step. But, like, I don't see them... I don't see their potential as a championship team, at least the way the league is right now, with the Nets and the Lakers especially being up the top. Um, so yeah, I think maybe they should move on. Like just as much as much fun as it would be to see them kind of 
go for a championship run with this, you know, kind of mishmash roster going for a rebuild, like while everyone's value is high, would also be really good. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think there's a number, uh, there's probably five teams that I'd think are better than them in the West alone, never mind the East. So, yeah, I don't think this team's a championship contender at all, but I think, you know, they're definitely at seventh or eighth seed. Um, sort of troublesome first round matchup, but um, yeah, I think it's the smart move. I think the smart move would to be head towards the lottery. Yeah, I mean they're kind of like the Jazz of years past, perhaps. Um, where yeah, you you Maybe. might just decide, yeah, let's let's not go in and get beat in the first round again. Um, so yeah, yeah I I think again another move is on the table there, and you know maybe the Mavs and Rockets do make a move. Uh, yeah, I feel like Tim Hardaway is in an expiring. That helps the Rockets out a bit with some cap flexibility. Their owner loves to shed uh, money at the moment. He's just a bit. F- Apparently, he's hemorrhaging money from his other endeavors, so he needs to save money with the Rockets. Um, I think he'd be very interested in having expirings and maybe some picks coming back for Oladipo, even though Oladipo is on expiring. Right, yeah. All right, let's get to our third Texas team here uh, with the Spurs. Uh, Dylan, what's your one big question here? Um, yeah, are they just gonna like absolutely ride this team? Like, I've put here in, off into the sunset, but what I really mean is into the ground. Like, are they just gonna? Oh yeah. <laughs> are they just gonna keep this team until everyone retires and then they just have to draft fourteen new players? Because <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, I would have said last year was the year they move on from Aldridge and DeRozan, but apparently not. But even still. They're a quality team. Like yeah, they're fit now. They're the fifth seed right now. They're tied with you know four other teams. It looks like, but even still, like Demar Derozan's having like quietly one of the best years of his career. Yeah. Um, he's only averaging like twenty points, but he's I don't know what's he doing like five, like five rebounds, six and, six and a half assists. Yeah, yeah. a steal a game. Um, yeah, I, I know. I kind of like this team, which is annoying because I was so in for the Pacers to move on. Uh, sorry, not the Pacers, the Spurs to move on and, you know, rebuild. That was my prediction for the year is that they have a fire sale at the during the year. But I don't think that's going to happen, mainly because I don't think they could trade their pieces for much. <laughs> because yeah, individ- no. this team is much greater than the sum of its parts right now. Oh, for sure. They have no value. Like, who wants Lamarcus Aldridge? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, like, he's actually trash. Like, he's, <laughs> for some, yeah, for some reason, this team, like, Aldridge is averaging, like, 14 points a game. But and like DeRozan's is like their only twenty point scorer, but still they're keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. I think this. I I I kind of agree with you. I mean, my big question is: this team low key also kind of good? And yeah, the answer is yes. They are kind of just decent, but like none of these guys are like blow your mind. Like I, Derek White, Bryn Forbes. Like who who cares? <laughs> it's yeah. like they're fine. But they don't have a legitimate star on this team. Maybe DeMar DeRozan is like a borderline all-star. That's it. And yet they're still the fifth seed. Like, what is happening? And just, they're just solid everywhere. Like, DeMar DeRozan is playing power forward this season, which is so weird because he's six foot six. And he's played a lot of his career at shooting guards, maybe bordering on small forward at times. But he and Aldridge are the starting power forward and center. They are combining for 9.3 boards per game. And yet they're still 10th in the league of rebounding. 
What? And DeRozan's getting DeRozan's getting the majority of those rebounds. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge is averaging four point three boards per game, and they're still top t- top ten in rebounding. Like, I don't get it. I think they do just ride this team until the sunset. I think they ride this team until Pop retires. Once Pop retires, they might just like. D- Dissolve the franchise. Honestly, that's I, I, I don't see them making trades. I don't see them doing anything. I think they just dissolve the franchise. I mean, it would be poetic and almost just, really, for what Pop's done for them. Like you can't. Oh, if Pop's gone, we sort of, you know, we sort of owe it to him to not play basketball anymore. Exactly. Um, like, yeah. I mean, maybe just Pop just legitimately loves these guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I feel like that would be the go. I mean, maybe Pop legit just loves these guys, like actually cares for them deeply and will not see any of them move on. Like, Brim Forbes, like, is at the Bucks now. Like, he's the only guy I oh, remember is he? Okay, moving I on. That. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only guy I remember moving on from this team in like the last four seasons. <laughs> like, well, since DeMar got there anyway. Like, um, yeah, it's so strange seeing this, but hey, the. They're not bad. <laughs> They're actually yeah. quite good. Oh, I don't get it. <laughs> I, yeah. Go Spurs, I guess. Go Spurs. <laughs> um, and it, it looks like it's their offense that's good because their defense is 23rd. I'm trying to find their offense now. Um, it's 15th. So they're literally just the middle of the road team, just but somehow they're... fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're only 12 and 10, I think. So I guess that makes sense, but still... Yeah. Weird. It's it's crazy. Very it's weird. so weird. It's very Spursian. Oh, this yeah. I I'm terrified that what's pop retire. It's like I think I I don't know that much about Becky Hammond, but from a lot of accounts, she is a good coach. But like I'm terrified that once he retires, they're just like one of the worst teams ever. And it's oh, like oh. there's real potential for that. <laughs> it's like oh, that's what happens when you don't have pop. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because, like, you put, I mean, you put this roster with, like, any other co- most other coaches in the league, and it sucks. I don't know what's happening. For sure. Like, right now they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight 10-point scorers and oh, one 20-point scorer. Oh. Well, in- <laughs> included in that, which is DeMar. Yeah. Behind DeMar, it's literally DeJounte Murray with 14 and a half points a game. <laughs> they, have, they have three guys averaging 14. Patty Mills oh. is pretty much averaging 14. And then... <laughs> Yeah, god damn, this team is so weird. Shout out Keldon Johnson, though. I'm here for Keldon Johnson. He looks low-key good. Oh, yeah. Cool. Man, cool. (laughs) Thank you, Spurs. (laughs) Very cool. I didn't think we'd ever talk about the Spurs this season, but I'm glad we actually got to them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're going to talk about them again, but yeah. Nah. (laughs) All right. uh, Do you have anything else you want to say on the Spurs? I hope not. No. Uh, they're the real they're the real zombie Spurs from Game of Zones. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the Spurs of the East in the Pacers. Um, <laughs> my question is, are they Dark Horse contenders here? Because they're top 10 in, like, everything. In points, assists, steals, blocks, and, like, a few, like, advanced stats and things like that. They're top 10 in everything but rebounding, in which they're, like, bottom three, which is very strange. But... They're just good at everything, and they're so well balanced with like all the guys they are. Malcolm Brogdon's having a very good season. Miles Turner is having what like three and a half blocks a game. Demarcus Sabonis is having a great season. Uh, Karis Levert, when he comes back, he's going to add another scoring punch for their team. Actually, is Karis Levert back? Is I don't think so. Okay, but when he does, when he does join them, he he's a 
another scoring punch for their team. They've got good vets coming off the bench. They're just a good team. Like, overall, they're just super solid. I don't know if solid is enough to get you a championship, but it was last year for the Heat. Oh, it was enough to get to the finals for the Heat. I mean, my very comfortable answer to your question is no, they're absolutely not contenders. Um, for one thing, rebounding's actually very important to winning a championship. But for my big question is, they don't match up well with any sort of team, really. Like, you don't they have, they're, play, they're playing two bigs, uh, they don't. So with that alone, they're out against the Lakers. Well, not against the Lakers. They're out against the Clippers. They're out against the Celtics. Um, even the Bucks, they don't match up well against. And then when they're playing actual bigs like Embiid, Turner cannot stop Embiid, nor Anthony Davis, nor I don't know any of Jokic or any of the other bigs in the league. I don't know. They're a very quality group, but they I don't think they have any sort of real playoff hopes, really. So you you see them as just a team that can beat all the decent teams, but none of the best teams? Yeah, like, so if I'm looking at the East alone, they don't match up well against the Sixers because Ben Simmons is too shifty and um, Embiid's too big. Um, the Bucks, Giannis... Again, more of a perimeter player. They don't really match up well against him. Brook Lopez stretches Turner out. Um, when it comes to the Nets, they don't have anyone to guard that big three. The Celtics, they play too much perimeter ball. And then there's the Pacers. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they match up well against anyone in the East, let alone the West or any of the con- real contenders. I think they play. I think they play better team defense than you're giving them credit for. Um, I, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of paces, but I feel like they play better team defense than you give them credit for. They can defend the perimeter at least somewhat. I don't think they're like completely lost against a three-point shooting team. And, you know, maybe... Look, I, I agree that I don't think they can stop an Embiid or an Anthony Davis or anyone like that, but like... Th- th- sometimes you can still win despite that. No, I don't think cup playoff time. Cup playoff time, it's... It's can you stop the stars? And I don't think they have any sort of individual defenders that can stop the stars, really, um, except for maybe Brogdon. And I don't think they have a star of their own to go and get big get big buckets when they need it. I see Sabonis as that guy. I really do. Uh, I, I don't have great faith in a post player hitting big shots in the playoffs for you. I, I guess. I mean, I've seen Jokic do it. And I, I, I see Sabonis being able to do it as well, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, you and I seem to have very different ideas of kind of like how good this team is. I, I don't think we're going to see eye to eye on this. I think we just have very different beliefs and kind of how they play. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, look, I don't for the regular fully season, believe, I think they're a great team. Yeah, I don't fully believe that they can beat like the Nets or the Lakers, but I think they're good enough to make a conference finals at least. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it, but yeah. I mean, they, they're a great regular season team. They have lots of... They have a great... Like, your prediction was they would have three 20-point scorers. I think that's well within the realm of possibility in the regular season, um, if they're not even doing it right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Th- I just don't think... Come playoff time, I just don't think they have the actual star power to beat the four teams ahead of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say on the paces? Uh, sorry, Pacers fans. I didn't mean to be that mean, but okay. 
All right, let's get to a team we are going to have to apologize to a lot more in the Timberwolves. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Timberwolves fans, I'm sorry. I, I've got yeah. nothing good to say. I really don't. I mean, they D'Angelo Russell hit a game winner yesterday. It was one of the worst-looking game winners I've ever seen. Um, I didn't even see like, it. That's how bad it was, apparently. It just looked like such a just blah shot. It was a three. It was a game-winning three. And then it was just like, that shot just shouldn't have gone in. It just didn't look like it should have gone in. It just looked like a bad shot. Um, but yeah, I got nothing positive to say. You haven't had cap for the season. Anthony Edwards has looked good, which is nice, but you've had lots of rookies look good and nothing's come of it. I don't know. I don't know what the Timberwolves do at this point because, yeah, I have no idea what they do at this point. I'm, I'm lost. I'm probably just as lost as the Timberwolves management. Yeah, it's tough at the moment. Like Malik Beasley is their leading scorer. You have D'Angelo Russell on the team and he's not even leading your team in scoring with Cat out. Um, it's it's sad. I'm I'm actually genuinely concerned for Cat. Uh, you know he's missed a bunch of time. He's you know, obviously he's suffered so much with COVID and stuff. Um, I learned the other man, day that in the off season he was also hit by a drug driver. Oh yeah, I did see that too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just been and like obviously his team's terrible. Um, it awful, is awful year for him. Awful year. Uh, I, yeah, I hope he's okay, because this is a, a tough year for him. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't know what to say for the Wolves. I I hope something just ends up happening for them, but they've kind of, it's been the same story for 20 years, going back to Kevin Garnett's days. They just haven't been able to do anything, really. They made one playoff run, and then Jimmy Butler completely humiliated them after that, and they haven't stiffed the playoff since. I, d- I don't know. I don't know what needs to be done. And they don't even have, like, they don't have their pick this year. If it falls outside the top three, I think it is, they lose their pick. And they, if even if they get this year's pick, they lose it next year. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully they get to keep this year's pick. Because um, apparently, I know you're very high on this upcoming draft class. I've looked into it yep. a little bit. I, I seem to like it as well. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't see them even being able to build through the draft just because they've had so many great picks. They've had so many number one picks. They, I, surely they've had more number one picks than anyone else. Um, but yeah, they it just have to be up there. Yeah, they just haven't been able to convert that into anything yet. I mean, obviously we don't know what the Edwards Carlton Towns looks like, but I don't believe in that duo any more than I believe in Andrew Wiggins Carlton Towns or any more than I believed in Levine Wiggins Carlton Towns. Yeah, or even... Rustle and Colony Towns. Yeah. It's it's pretty dire there, unfortunately. Yeah. Alright. Um, is that all you want to say on the Timberwolves? I don't have a stat. I, I just don't have a stat for them. I have nothing worth I have no stat worth giving for the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean hopefully Edwards continues to progress. He's looked pretty decent as a shot creator so far. Um hopefully he sort of rounds out his game a bit more, gets a bit more efficient. Yeah. But um yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, hashtag free cat. Do they yeah, look at moving on from him? I think, honestly, it might even be for his own mental health that he gets moved yeah. on. Because he's suffered so much there. Where? where? I mean, a lot of teams could talk to themselves into a player like Cat, but off the top of your head, can you think of a really good fit? I guess the Raptors uh, a good fit. I mean, I don't know if he'd enjoy the Raptors. They're sort of on the opposite direction, I think. Uh, I think the, I think the Mavs could. The, I think I don't know. A lot of young bigs I'd send towards the Mavs. Um, 
uh, if I'm looking at other teams quickly. Um, the Knicks, maybe. If, the, if Trey Young and if you want to have the worst defense in the league, send him to the Hawks. No, I don't. Want uh, that. I don't want that at all. The Hornets could use a big. Yeah. Lamelo and Cat. Don't mind Hornets. There's a there's a couple there's options teams. out there, but it's sort of a trade package is interesting in what teams would give up. Yeah, like young pieces and things, things of that nature. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what happens um, with the Timberwolves. Hopefully, they figure something out. Hopefully, they they don't just keep running things back again because it's gone too far at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that all you want to say on all of our teams? I think so. Yeah. All right. Let's get to my top three stats of the week then. All right. Um. So here we've got. I've got I've got four stats here. I can't decide which one I actually want in my top three. So let's just say the first the first two are interchangeable here. So um, in games where teams trail by five or more points in the final ten seconds of a game, over the past twenty five seasons, teams were nine and twenty three thousand nine hundred forty eight. Two of those nine wins happened this past week, with the Blazers over the Bulls and the Wizards over the Nets. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I had seen this um, stat going around. Um, yeah, obviously that crazy uh, Dame shot over the Bulls and then the Wizards' crazy comeback over the Nets with Joe Harris throwing the inbound straight to Garrison Brooks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty crazy to see that happen in the same week. Oh, right. I, sh- I should mention, that was not my stat. Not I don't always bring my own original stats to these, if you haven't been able to tell yet. This next one came by came via the Basketball Reference uh, Twitter account. So, do you remember a stat a couple years ago that was going around where it was like, Thaddeus Young is the only player alongside Magic Johnson, Larry mm. Bird, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, to have 860 games, 13.1 points, 5.9 rebounds, whatever. We have an updated version of that now. So... The only players with 980 games, 13.1 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.9 steals, shooting 49% from the field and 33% from three over their career. There are only two players, and they are LeBron James and Thaddeus Young. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Thaddeus Young. Shout out. Oh, man. <laughs> still That's still hilarious. salty that you wouldn't trade me Nicholas Batum in our fantasy league a few years ago for Thaddeus Young. Yes, you missed <laughs> I'm sorry, him. man. I'm sorry. Uh, I did right. miss you him. waved him anyway. You uh, got sick of him turning the ball over, and I picked him up. Yeah, yeah where's the turnovers in this stat? Uh, that puts him <laughs> down on peg, surely. Um, Probably. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious when I first saw it, and it's still hilarious now. The amount of yeah. nitpicking to go into that. It's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, these next two are stats that I actually found, though. So Giannis had a 21-14-10 game in just 31 minutes on Thursday. This kind of stat line has been done seven times uh, in NBA history. Three of them are by Giannis, which I think is pretty cool. I don't remember who the other four are, but three of them were Giannis, which is cool. That is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I wonder if uh, that's in time, too. I wonder where that ranks for quickest to do it. Oh, potentially. Yeah, I should have looked at that. Um, actually, no, I think quickest was 27 minutes. I don't remember who it was, though. But no, it was not the fastest. I made sure to look at that, actually. But um, yep. yeah. Uh, our final stat here is uh, Chris Paul had 34 points and 9 rebounds against the Mavs on Tuesday. CP3 only has 10 30.9 rebound games. Six of them are against the Mavericks. In 06, 07, 09, uh, uh, three times. 
And then also the Wizards and Nuggets in 09, the Warriors in 2018, the Bulls in 2019, and now the Mavericks in 2020. He did it all three times they played the Mavericks in 2009. He had 30 points and nine rebounds, at least. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, I guess he just doesn't like the Mavs, because I sent you a message when this game was going on. Um, we had two arm sleeve uh, Chris Paul, and he looked like the most dangerous man in the league. He looked like a man on a mission. He was you're right, grabbing boards, bringing it up, hitting pull-ups, getting in the middle, finding guys. It was it was one of his best games of the season, and um, apparently he just doesn't like the Mavs, yeah. Yeah, guy was just feasting on J.J. Barea for three years. <laughs> <laughs> just clowning him. Yeah. So yeah, those are that's my top stat of the week there. Alright, uh, let's get to your top three plus minus of the week. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be honest, my due diligence this week on plus minus wasn't great, but I found a few a few interesting ones. Uh, at number three, Ken Birch of the Orlando Magic with a minus twenty five in fifteen minutes. Solid. Uh, solid. Yeah. Just a solid classic. You done goofed there, Mr. Birch. Um, yeah, it's just not great. Um, and then number two here, we've got the Pacers' big three, I guess, with Warren out. Um, Sabonis, Brogdon, and Turner had a minus 25, minus 25, and minus 32, respectively, versus the Bucks blowout of the Pacers um, this week. I think Giannis was a plus 30, but um, yeah, the Bucks sort of swiftly handled the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, and that's then, not um, that surprising, I would say. It's just like, when you see a big blowout like that, you kind of expect all the guys to have a big plus minus, a uh, big negative, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it was it was mainly their, star, their stars. Uh, I think someone else had a minus 20, and that was kind of it. Oh, okay. um, and then my number one is the Grizzlies starting five versus the Pacers, actually. I think this might have been a couple of days before the Pacers got blown out. Um, the Grizzlies started five. They range from minus 19 to minus 25. So the Pacers just sort of... And their entire bench was in the plus, I'm pretty sure, uh, for the Grizzlies. Okay. It, was only like, it was only like plus one or two, but their yeah. starters just got killed every time they were out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a matchup thing. Just Well, there's one yeah, team sure. that the Pacers match up well against. <laughs> if they see the Grizzlies in the finals, they're in for a chance. Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I like those stats, even if they were a little bit thrown together. I like those ones. Yeah. Yeah, there um, might have been some better ones out there, but those are bad. I I do feel a little bit bad that you don't have a single positive one here, um, but yeah. maybe, some, maybe something for future weeks. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go a few more positives next week. All right, uh, let's get to our weekly fame watch. So Sadiq Bay had eh, not the best week, not a terrible week though. It was. Fine. So both games he played this week uh, to the Jazz and hang on, what was the other one? Um, to the Jazz and the uh, Suns. They were both pretty significant losses. 12-point loss to the Jazz and 17-point loss to the Suns. But not necessarily Sadiq Bay's fault. So he had 5 points, 1 board uh, of 2.6, 2 for 6 shooting in their game against the Jazz, but he was a plus 9 plus minus, so he was actually a positive for them. And then in the loss to the Suns, he had 14 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 5 for 13 from the field, 2 for 8 on 3s, and he was a plus 3. So again, trend from the last couple weeks is his 3-point shooting has very much cooled off. He's more like a 33% 3-point shooter recently. Um, but yeah, no, he still had decent games all round, at least in terms of plus-minus, you know, 
having decent plus minuses in loss in losses for a rookie, you take that. Yeah, it looks like he's had you know maybe not the most efficient week, but definitely a step up from last week. Where he had a DNP and some pretty low scoring games, but hey, he cracked double digits this week. You know, stealing a block, not bad. Um, yeah. And obviously that plus minus is a pretty good in losses. So yeah, shout out to Deke. Nice. All right, uh, let's get to our league plus games. So, um, let's see. Uh, okay, so I'll get, I'll get started here with our first, with my first game here. Uh, worries at Spurs. The reason I've picked, actually, I'll say, I, I went with a theme for this week, and that was, this is probably just going to be a good game. Nothing else to it, really. I just think these games will be decent. Maybe some fun. Might just be blowouts. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, so, Warriors Spurs on Tuesday the 9th. I just think it could be a fun game. I think seeing Steph Curry kind of match up against the Spurs will be fun. I think it'll be nice seeing kind of two small ball kind of teams, considering DeMar DeRozan just playing power forward, matching up. And yeah, it's just another Western Conference matchup. It's something that obviously has had a lot of history in years past, and none of that history is really carried over to these new teams um, with all the roster, roster turnover in the last couple of years. So yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, it's quality game. I mean, I've, I've kind of gone the same sort of way um, uh, with my games here. My first game, I've got the Bucks at the Nuggets on the same day on Tuesday the 9th. Um, yeah, no sort of real storylines here that I can think of. Just a quality quality game. Obviously, maybe a bit more high profile than your game, but uh, quality players, quality teams, quality game. Jokic does seem to tend to have, does tend to have pretty good games against the Bucks. I think his first, like, two or three triple-doubles were all against the box, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, he has a bit of history there. But, no, no real storylines. You're right. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get to your next game as well, just chronologically? Yeah. So, on the 10th, the next day, I've got the Celtics at Jazz. Um, obviously, the Jazz has been one of the hottest teams in the league, had that 11-game win streak, and have still kept on. Um, and the Celtics are one of the better teams in the East. I think there's a lot of fun matchups here. Mitchell versus um, uh, Brown. It'll be good fun. Uh, obviously, Tatum against you know going off against a really good defense. Go Bear picking on the Tristan Thompsons of the Celtics. Um, yeah, I think it'll just be a good quality game. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next game is Thunder at Lakers. I just kind of a I just kind of want to have a Lakers game in here because I haven't. I don't think I've picked a Lakers game before, or if I have, it was only like a really marquee kind of game. Um, and I just think the Thunder have looked fun. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Um, I don't see it being a super competitive game, but the, the Thunder also do tend to play up to their opponents' levels. So I, I could see Shea and Alexander and like Lou Dort both having some pretty good games against the Lakers. And I think the Lakers might chill a little bit on this one. So I think it, I think it will be competitive until the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Thunder have some pieces that are interesting. Um, obviously Shea is putting up potential all-star numbers. Um, and the Thunder aren't as bad as we thought they would be, but um, yeah, that'd be a fun game. I also want to see how well Dort does defending LeBron if he is defending LeBron. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good to watch too. Um, my next game also on Thursday is Hawks at Mavs. Uh, a bit more storyline here. We got Doncic versus Trey Young, obviously traded for each other on draft night. Um, but also the Hawks have been fairly decent. They're seventh in the East, I'm pretty sure. Um, and the obviously the Mavs are trying to 
kick their season back up, get, go to another level. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do like seeing the trio Luka Doncic match up. Luka has obviously had a bit of a weird season so far, so yeah, I think it'll be very interesting there. Um, and my final game is on Sunday the 14th, Rockets at Knicks. Just two very, very solid teams. Like, I mean, obviously the Knicks have kind of cooled off a little bit recently. Um, they're now 11-13, so they're, they're a little bit under five hundred. But yeah, no, I, I want to see... The Rockets' very smothering defense against a very fun, fluid offense that runs through the big guys. It's like, um, I know a lot of the Rockets' defense tends to come from their two guards, um, in Victor Oladipo and Joe Moore. I want to see kind of how uh, Christian Wood handles uh, Julius Randle. Yeah, for sure. Um, bit of a different matchup for a lot of teams, I think. Um, facing the Knicks, obviously, with Randle ha- having the ball so much. So, um, yeah, definitely see how the Rockets go. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it for our League Pass games to watch. Let's get to our final thing with our over-under of the coming week. So, this one's disappointing for me because it was so, so tight. I mean, I guess I, I take some pride in the fact that the line was definitely very good because of how tight it was. Um, so, the over-under was heat turnovers per game over their three games of the past week. The line was 145 they ended up with 14.66 turnovers overall. So had they had one fewer turnover in the fourth quarter of um, their most recent game, I would have gotten it, but the over wins it. So I picked the under, Dylan picked the over. Dylan, you now have three wins, one loss, and one draw. I have one win, three losses, and one draw. I mean, talk about a nail-biter of his. Everyone's yeah. on the edge of their seats watching the heat turnover score. Um, Six turnovers <laughs> in the final quarter. Six. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Garbage time. Throw it away. That's the perfect, perfect response. Um, by the Heat. Yeah. <laughs> Close one. But um, glad you know, glad I got the victory. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm building a lead here, mate. So you are. You got to start catching up. But um, for, so I'm. It's my turn to set the line here for the over under. And um, we've talked about the Rockets all episode. Why not talk about them a little bit more? Um, so over the Rockets' last seven games, I think, I think that's since the Harden trade didn't quite check it but seven games is a good sample size about that um they've kept teams at 103.1 points per game which is second in the league only to the lakers um and obviously we talked about how the rockets have the best defensive rating in the league um but this week they play the hornets the pels the heat and the knicks who there's not really a great offense in there there's some great offensive players but there's not really a great team offense uh in those teams so i've set the over the over-under this week, I've set the line at 99.6 points per game at the Rockets keeping their opponent too. And I'll let you pick first. I'm going to jump in with the over. It's just 99.6 is so low. It's so low. Because, like, realistically, all they need is one bad game where their opponent scores, like, 110 or 115, and they're kind of already done. Just because then they would have to hold all their other opponents to, like, 96, which is unlikely it's possible and like the Rockets defense has obviously been very good I don't believe in the heat doing it I do and I don't really believe in the Hornets but I do think either the Pels or the Knicks could put up a very high scoring game against the Rockets and I think that would get them the over yeah um I think I would I think I would have agreed with you going the over but for the sake of sportsmanship I'll go the under um yeah, I don't. Somehow, I don't feel like the Heat are going to have a great game. I, I, I feel like the Heat turn up against the Rockets, um, but obviously, that's when Harden's there. Um, 
but they've struggled all season with their offense. The Knicks um, could, you're right. I think they're viable. I think the Nets, the Knicks, and the Pills are the two teams that could cause some troubles um, for the Rockets' defense. But um, I think the Hornets could get swamped pretty easily, especially when a lot of their offense comes from their guards. Um, so for the Heat. Uh, Pelicans, we'll see what Ingram does against, you know, as PJ Tucker, probably. Um, PJ's got a lot of size and, and weight on Ingram, so that'll be interesting. Um, but I'll go I'll go the under. I have some faith. I think the Lakers are keeping teams at 99.1, so if they could average that for seven games or whatever it is, then there's potential that the Rockets could, could, could do it for four. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, again, a very interesting line here. Hopefully, I can start catching up. At this point, you know, if... <laughs> at, I kind of hope you build up a really big lead because then I have nothing to lose anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's like, if I come back, then then you're on the edge of your seat. I'm just the comeback kid then. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, but yeah. I don't know. you got to make the comeback though. <laughs> yeah, got to make it. Got to make it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's just about it for this episode. Unless you had anything else you wanted to add to anything we spoke about. I think that's it, Ramiz. Alright, well, if you ever do this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or a review. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StatStuffers or on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers. You can email us at StatStuffers5 at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.